All right, we are good. We're through the intro. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. I guess I'll take the reins here, as usually Chad does our our, our intro. I, or, or do you want to take over, Bud? I, I don't want to. I don't want to jump in your shoes. Yeah, I'll do. Go that. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I actually couldn't hear the intro, so. Oh really? Hmm. No, I didn't hear it at all. That's why I was shaking my head no while you were playing it. Ooh, uh, I heard it through mine. I don't know why it didn't go through. Yeah. Well, well, good oh, well. evening, folks, and welcome to Explorers, Seekers of the Truth. I cannot, for the life of me, remember what episode we're on. I think uh, it's 14. 14. This is going to be this is our running gag. I can't remember a number. <laughs> remember everything else. But uh, as always, I'm joined by my co-host tonight, Lesson Cavitz. How are you doing, buddy? I'm great, bud. How about you? Uh, cold. Very, very cold. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know for anybody uh, out there, I don't know where you're all located, but in the uh, east northeastern part of the United States, we were getting hammered with this Arctic blast of freezing cold air, freezing cold temperatures, snow, a mix of everything. It's just been really, really bad the last, like, what, almost three weeks now. Yeah, well, down here it's gotten bad, like, the last probably two or so weeks mm -hmm. it was still a little bit warm there a while back but uh you know it, it is you know below freezing now yeah so. it's it's cold very cold <laughs> but but anyways uh i guess i'll jump onto my usual shtick here and uh remind everybody how they could get in touch with us you could always go to let's see if it works this time oh no you son of a gun yeah let's go right back to doing what it did before here we go our website, www.explorersgroup.com, you could go out and check check out some archive shows, check out any kind of new information we have out there and uh, some gear and stuff that we have on there. Uh, it's kind of cool. So go check it out. Let us know what you think. Um, you could also follow us on Twitter, which we were just talking about before that I got to figure that out, at Explorers Group. So check us out on Twitter. Follow along there. And obviously where you're viewing us now on Facebook, facebook.com backslash explorers. Oh, I, I, was, I was really hoping you were going to mess it up so I could get you this time. But. Okay, fine. Be all professional. I, I, I had to. I had to. I really had to take my time on that. And the last thing is, uh, as you guys watch the show on Facebook, you guys could comment and kind of, chime in throughout the show. Hey, Michelle. See, Michelle just chimed in. Hiya. Thank you. So we can see you on BeLive. BeLive has a cool thing set up so we could interact back and forth. So, uh, yeah, check us out on there So and, and communicate with us. So, okay. So tonight's show, I guess I'll, I'll start it out here, if you don't mind, my friend. Uh, we talked about werewolves in one of our past shows. Actually, it was uh, the All Hallows' Eve show where we talked about the classic monsters, uh, vampires, witches, and werewolves. Um, we posted a story on our Facebook page a little while ago um, about, uh, I guess, a werewolf epidemic in, in England. And there's a small village in England that's supposedly being terrorized by werewolves uh, for decades. So we're going to start talking about that. Uh, we're going to kind of have that as the lead into the show. And we're going to talk about some other stories uh, throughout history of uh, lycanthropy or werewolfism, whatever you want to call it. And then we're going to transition into other stories more uh, prevalent in the United States, uh, like about the dog man and his correlation and relationship to Bigfoot. So there's a lot of stuff that we're going to be talking about 
But I think we're going to start it off with that story that we posted, which kind of inspired tonight's show. So do you want me to start out on that, Bud, or do you – I kind of have all the info up if you want me to kind of run well, with it. We'll go back and forth. Yeah, you could jump in here and I'll just uh, kind of co-host for a while. Ah, there you go. I'm used to you starting the show, so this is kind of off for me. So, all right. So, like we were saying, there is there is that story that we posted on Facebook. Um, it's in Cannock Chase, England, which I believe it's a, a, a town or a county. Um, it says that there's places where there have been werewolf sightings in central England seems to be a strange place for there to be a hotbed of paranormal activity. Uh, and yet it may just be. So I guess over the last 30 years, this area has been, has been terrorized by what they say uh, are dozens of werewolf sightings. It happens during the day, happens during the night. And the paranormal experts believe that there is proof that the werewolves uh, in the there's werewolves in the woods of the Midlands uh, of that region. So, and also they say that it isn't just werewolves that are stalking the trees and cemeteries of Kennick Chase. Uh, the area seems to be some kind of a portal to bizarre, uh, to the bizarre and a magnetic and a magnetic for the unexplained. Um, so, in addition to the Kennick Chase werewolf rumors, there's reports of UFOs, uh, ghostly children. There's even been bizarre sightings of what looked like a medical experiment gone wrong. I guess a pig man, a half man, half pig. Uh, in in conjunction with this, uh, with the werewolf sighting, so it's very strange. And the more I started reading into that, the more I started thinking like England has a lot of uh, ancient sites that have yet to be truly explained or figured out, like Stonehenge. Uh, and, and there's a few other places in England, too, that are just very odd. And some experts think that the placement or, or the regions of these ancient areas uh, have a correlation somehow. And, and if, if you go across the globe, a lot of these places link and, and, and they, they have uh, a pattern which they call ley lines. And ley lines are the apparent alignment of landforms, uh, places of ancient religious significance or culture, and they often include man-made structures like the Stonehenge and stuff like that. And they're ancient, they're straight paths or route to the landscapes, uh, which are believed to have spiritual significance or, or have a lot of magnetic energy. And if, if any of you out there uh, who are into like paranormal uh, investigating and stuff like that, a lot of people believe that um, areas with um, high magnetic fields, uh, running water uh, that may be over a lot of limestone, areas that hold energy um, often kind of provoke or, or feed and fuel paranormal activity or give apparitions or supernatural beings their power to manifest and uh, these ley lines are supposedly big contributors to that. And ironically, I looked at a map of England and the ley lines that that uh, cross it, and I took a, a screenshot off of Google Maps of England and where the this this Canic Chase is located, and it's almost smack dab in an intersection between two ley lines, which really made me think that that could be a big contributor to all these unknown or these bizarre unexplained goings on. So I thought that was kind of cool. So that's just food for thought for all you guys out there. So 
as this story goes on, it talks about uh, how the central England, that this area in central England is a hotbed of werewolf activity. Uh, we kind of covered that. And then there's also the sighting started after supposedly uh, a local man, boy, a uh, young man, uh, made a pact with the devil. So the devil is given responsibility for a lot of evil stuff from curses to the, uh, the music of Charlie Daniels. But um, he may also be to blame for the werewolf of Canuck Chase, England. Now, I'm just reading basically verbatim off this website, but uh, it says, according to the local legend, everything started getting weird in 1975. That's when a 17-year-old boy in central England in the mid-70s took out his Ouija board. And I see Paul Filiash reacted there, if you're still listening, Paul. There's another reason why I don't use Ouija boards. Um, so he took out his Ouija board to test its powers. He said he would trade the devil his soul for the power to turn into a werewolf. And shortly after, a friend said that he received a phone call from the teen but could only hear odd uh, guttural noises from him. So the same young man was found dead soon after, and he was and, and he had killed himself using a silver knife. And silver, of course, is the only way to kill, kill a werewolf, or one of the ways to kill a werewolf, as we had talked about in our All Hallows' Eve special. Um and a lot of the sightings, for whatever reason, seem to uh, take place primarily in the cemeteries. And cemeteries naturally are, are a frightening place, especially after dark, because you think of all the, those who are laid to rest there. Are there any restless spirits or, you know, then you, you always think about zombies and stuff like that. So cemeteries are spooky just on their own. But now you add a, a werewolf epidemic into that, and that's kind of ups the creep factor of it but uh but yeah so it talks about the cemeteries and stuff like that and i don't know why my screen is freezing but uh and it also says the werewolf has left evidence of its haunting practices the werewolf in town is creepy enough but the most compelling evidence for the creature is also upsetting in addition to showing itself to many people in a cemetery devoted to thousands of dead soldiers evidence has been found near the cemetery that gives compelling evidence of the werewolf's existence there have been several pets that have gone missing from homes in the area, and stranger still, several mutilated animal carcasses have been found near the cemetery. Uh, could this be the leftovers from the werewolves, nightly hunting practices? Who knows? And it, and there is, uh, ironically, a hog, hog farm. I guess hog farming is kind of big around that area, which might kind of contribute to that man-pig thing. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, it's the uh, West Midlands of England, the uh, Staffordshire County area. Um, one of the things to point out that this area is actually has the most werewolf sightings currently mm -hmm. in all of Europe. They're also famous for their, is it the Tamsworth pig, which is a, um, you know, what they breed and farm out through that area. So... Mm -hmm. It's definitely an area with a abundant food supply. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, what better place? Farms. Yeah. And what better place for a werewolf to hang out than a place that has a lot of bacon? You yeah. know? I'd hang out there. <laughs> I'd never leave. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's a great point right there, that they have the abundant food source and, and, and really no need to, to go elsewhere because everything that they need is right there. Yeah. Um, but another thing that, that, that they were saying is the werewolves may be somewhat evolved. And uh, let's see what they have to say here. Werewolves and the night go together like Dracula and blood. After all, 
legend has it a werewolf transitions from man to wolf when the moon is full. And ironically, speaking of full moon, didn't we just have what they call the wolf moon? Yeah, we posted like about two it. days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of odd that we're talking about you know the werewolf and stuff, and we just had the wolf moon. So that's kind of kind of neat how they kind of landed well, next have, to each other. I have a non-related story. Okay, go ahead. I was driving yesterday, and I'm mm-hmm. driving the back roads, and there's this big open field. And it's ringed with a, a you know the road and a, a tree line. Mm-hmm. And don't I see from a distance at the edge of the tree line in the field a big black dog just running along the tree mm-hmm. line on the way here? Now it, it was a big like a massive type pit bull mix oh, type okay. dog, but I mean you know it was just weird. And then get down the road a few miles. And I see two more black dogs running on the other side of the road. Um, and the one was actually carrying a squirrel in its mouth. Get out of here. Yeah, right. Like right outside of Lynchburg. That's weird, man. That's like a dark omen. <laughs> you should go to church. <laughs> That's so, that, is, that is odd. Well, I've seen the two dogs running alongside the road before. The houses are, like, right up against the road in this part. Uh, okay. The one up in the field, I couldn't, you know, somebody could have been out hunting, and down here you can use dogs to hunt deer and stuff. Right, right. So, you never know. <laughs> but it well, was really true. cool about for a dog to be out by itself like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Michelle has no reports of attacks on humans in England. Um, I don't know, really. I mean, there there wasn't really anything written about you know human attacks. It was mainly on livestock and uh, family pets. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that, my dear. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm sure at, at some point in history, there there has been. Uh, Attacks and actually, we have some stories that we're going to be getting to that uh, that have a lot of human attacks that were, you know, supposedly werewolves. But we'll get to that next. Um, so yeah, we we're talking about how they evolved. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, the Cannock County monster seems to be an exception to the rule. So let's see. So we were saying about how they a werewolf typically transitions. Uh, so uh, they transition from a man to a wolf when the moon is full. It says, however, the Cannock County monster seems to be an exception to this rule. In 2007, a mailman reported a local ghost hunting club to a glo- local ghost hunting cub- club that he had seen the creature. Stranger still, it happened while the postman was delivering the day's mail. So it happened during the day, not under the full moon. So the letter carrier said that at first he thought nothing of the creature, believing it to be a dog. He was surprised when the animal stood up on its hind legs and ran into the woods like a person. Perhaps the wolves have evolved to exist in, in or the werewolves have evolved to exist in daylight as well now. So that's kind of kind of kind of weird how because like typically a werewolf would only be out at night under the light of the full moon. When the moon goes down, they return back to their human form. So to see one during the day is weird. And that kind of goes into the dogman topics that we'll talk about later. Um, 
So the werewolf may be the result of sick experiments, and he may not be the only one. According to the urban, urban myth, after World War II, the governments of England and the United States conducted human experiments similar to the ones Nazis had uh, undertaken. One such experiment was crossbreeding a human with a pig, and according to the story, it worked, except the pig-human hybrid is, escaped and hid in the Canic Chase woods. Uh, a witness saw the beast and reported that it was seven feet tall and had the head of a pig, including a giant snout. If a pig man was created, could it stand to reason? Uh, a, can it stand to reason a wolf man also created in these bizarre experiments? That's kind of weird. Well, well, wasn't it during like the Stalin era uh, in Russia where they were trying to create that? Half ape. man, half ape army. It was yeah. trying to build the perfect soldier. Yeah, and you got to realize, like sheep. I think sheep genetically are cl are close to us, or chemically, pigs' blood is close, and organs are close to human. Because mm -hmm. uh, I guess the first the, some transplant, the first one they used was actually a pig or something like that. Yeah, it was like a uh, was it a pig liver or something like that that they something like that yeah something really so, yeah so some of that stuff isn't as you know far fetched at, you know with the actual chemistry and stuff like that of the body it's not exactly not necessarily possible but not necessarily that these experiments weren't attempted mm -hmm. you know there there was I. There were, you know, German experiments, American experiments, Russian, Japanese experiments that were doing some crazy stuff back then. Mm -hmm. Well, I think uh, the uh, the Russian doctor or scientist, or whatever you want to coin him as, he was coming near to uh, success until they finally pulled the plug on him uh, that it was unethical. Because I guess he was trying to use uh, human females uh, as, I guess, the surrogate and uh, gorilla sperm. I guess they were trying to impregnate the women, and that wasn't yeah. working. And then they're trying to go on to a more of a, a DNA kind of experimentation. Yeah. But uh, it couldn't go any further because I guess people were complaining and they deemed it unethical. So well, that was that. Yeah, and, and Stalinist Russia was a very different, you know, time and place where Stalin at one time is, yeah, do that, and then two weeks later he's, you know, inviting you to dinner and poisoning you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. not a... Uh... Big and elephant jeans don't mix. <laughs> That's true, Andy. <laughs> so yeah, it, is, it is weird, you know, there, and, and, and it's kind of scary to think about all the stuff that did take place, you know, experimentation wise, you know, and it wasn't that long ago that they were trying to conduct this stuff. And I know that uh, one of the experiments was they successfully transplanted. Uh, it was some kind of a monkey uh, where they, they took its head off of its own body and transplanted it onto a new body. And it actually was successful. The yeah. monkey survived. Oh yeah. And it, you know, we say it's not that long ago, and you got to think about it. 
not all these projects end it because of the end of the war or anything like that, or, you know, like with Stalin's project, there's no guarantee that that was the only doctor working on it. Right. Right. You know, he may have come up with the idea and they may have ran it through their, you know, scientific community. And a few of them said, ah, yeah, I think we could do it. So they fund one guy. Well, you know, if you fund one, you're going to fund another. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you because know, you're looking for the closest, quickest answer to have it work. Mm-hmm. So, well, a lot of a lot of people were were saying too that uh, I guess the the Almaste or the Almasty of Russia, mm-hmm. the the Russian Bigfoot, was yeah. a product of that experimentation. Now, wasn't the the female that they allegedly captured actually prior to that though? Well, yeah, one of the. Uh, uh, they were thinking that she was actually Neanderthal. Yeah. That she was a relic hominid, like a, from the, our actual family tree, not a hybrid of, uh, or a result of the experimentation. Yeah. But uh, they were thinking that she could have been some sort of a missing link, but I don't, I don't know if they necessarily tried to say she was uh, Bigfoot, but uh, yeah, she was some kind of crazy wild woman. But I think they did DNA, DNA testing on her, and it ended up that she was uh, African, mainly African. And I guess she was – I guess some people back in the day had escaped, and for whatever reason, they found refuge in uh, Siberia or something like that. And they there was a whole group of people living out there, and she yeah. was one of them. Well, there, there's realize. actually a lot of her ancestors, a lot of her descendants are actually still alive, and they actually were able to take DNA from, from them yeah. to find out more about her. Well, you got to realize, I mean, it's not that long ago that human zoos were a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, bringing tribal people from the, you know, the Pacific Islands, from Africa, from different parts of the world, from Asia. The and pygmies. Yeah, having them live in a zoo-like environment. Yeah, know, they'd be for, put on display, yeah. Yeah, for people. I mean, there was a um, – I know when I was still with the newspaper, they had done a, uh article about a guy who was a um, local uh, human zoo ex- uh, exhibit. He uh, had come from Africa or Australia. I think it was Africa, and he – um basically you know had lived in captivity for all these years and eventually they kind of gave him a home here in lynchburg area and until he passed away Mm -hmm. but he was i mean it was this is like the 1920s 1930s that this you know guy had been brought here so it's not that you know super crazy to think you know if you think you're better than a group of people or something like that, or a species of animal that you would have any problems with doing, you know, research on them. Right. So one of the things you had mentioned, um, you know, we were talking about ley lines and stuff like that. Uh, you know, England does have a lot of intersecting ley lines, even the United mm-hmm. States does. Um, and it, it depends whose map you look at for ley lines, but like the ancient Ram's head in, which was a Neolithic 
you know, gathering spot for the early pagans of, mm-hmm. you know, England. And when you get into England, a lot of this, like, ley line and major uh, Neolithic man um, structures that are still around, a lot of times do have a lot of UFO reports. Right, right. Yeah, we're straight, not even UFOs, but strange lights or strange beings. And it kind of made me think about, not that this is what we're talking about tonight, but like Pennsylvania from the early seventies to the mid seventies with the UFO Bigfoot flap mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to like kind of picture where the ley lines run through Pennsylvania and some of the reports that we've heard over the years of that. And, you know, not that ley lines necessarily are a, you know, proven, you know, scientific factor, but it does, it, it does, have some interesting, you know, correlations that, yeah, yep. that go along with it. You know, so do you have anything more to add about the, well, it's funny that you said about the UFOs. Cause the next part of that story was that the Canuck chase isn't just home to the werewolf sightings. It says the area has all kinds of supernatural activity in the late 1980s and early nineties. The sky was inexplicably dotted with lights that made that many thought were UFOs. And a police officer even reported seeing an object doing seemingly impossible things in the sky before disappearing. So with both UFO and werewolf sightings in abundance, one has to wonder if there is, you know, a correlation. And uh, perhaps an alien being taking on the form of local lore, it might explain the daytime sightings at least. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. And, and you got to think about it, like with... With UFOs and stuff like that, if you're trying to navigate on a planet and there's this natural energy grid that runs, you know, on the planet, it would be pretty simple to follow that that magnetic field or whatever it's creating would be something that you could follow to navigate the planet with knowing that you're not going to run into a mountain following this line. True, because if you think about it, a lot of these ancient <laughs> sites that these ley lines intersect with or or mm-hmm. create this pathway, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of them were theorized to have been, if not designed and built, at least planned by alien beings. Yeah. Like the, the, the pyramids, they even thought that uh, aliens had something to do with Stonehenge and, and the uh, Nazca lines, the Nazca drawings and stuff like that. There's so many weird things. And even with um, the ancient Mayans, they had uh, pictographs or hieroglyphs of um, people from the sky visiting and stuff like that. Where, and they would do the skull binding to to uh, replicate their gods. And, yeah. and, you know, if you think about aliens, typically they are uh, the big heads, you know what I mean? Larger heads, more conical shaped, you know. So you never know. Maybe they yeah. do use that as kind of a roadway, you know? Yeah. Or, well, you think about all those structures that do, are you know, that are built on these lines or, or the intersections of lines. Mm-hmm. And if if a group is using these to navigate and two of them cross, it's going to be a higher traffic area 
for these Neolithic, you know, Neolithic man is going to see more of those gods or the lights mm-hmm. or, you know. This so phenomenon that they can't explain, yeah. Yeah, and they're going to, if they're not scared of it, if there's some kind of, you know, understanding of it, they're going to build their temples, their monuments in those areas right. as right. like a, hey, look, we're here, we appreciate you. Yeah, their their place of worship, their way their way to communicate and interact with their quote gods and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. That that you know they would place these structures in the areas where they're uh, seeing the, this phenomenon. Yeah, I knew it made perfect sense. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. But uh, so, should I go? Should but, I go back to the story, or do you have something else to add there? No, I was going to kind of ask you, is there like an eyewitness, like, you know, you have your typical Bigfoot sighting, you know, people have like a um, a description of this, you know, creature. So is there like a standard kind of description or is it kind of all over the place? Well, if I could get my stupid computer to work, I'd try and answer that question for you. Um, let's see. Well, it goes on to say about how there's uh, the most bizarre theory of the area, sightings. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, there, there, there's a, a mention of black-eyed children that hide hide in the woods in Canic Chase alongside the werewolf. And I know there was just something. Here we go. Eyewitnesses. Jesus Christ. Come on. I don't know why it is lagging so bad here. Maybe my internet is literally freezing. Okay, eyewitnesses describe the werewolf as huge and terrifying. All told, there have been 35 believed sightings of a werewolf, and 21 were where people came forward to tell their stories firsthand. The reports are terrifying. According to witnesses, the werewolf stands seven feet tall and is covered in hair, looks like a human-wolf hybrid, and has a, and has a snout. The fact that so many people report seeing the creature and at different times of the day, points to the notion that there may really be something out there in the woods. And uh, it says paranormal investigators uh, constantly monitor the news in the Midlands uh, for more proof that the creature is real. Did, did I lose you? You just you just walked right out on me? All right, well, I'll keep going, everybody. Uh, the werewolf was captured on video, apparently, if I could get my stupid computer to work. There we go. The advent of inexpensive video cameras used for action sports has turned nearly everyone into a potential daredevil, waiting for an awesome moment to go viral. Two mountain bikers in Kenick Chase got more than they bargained for. In 2009, the cyclists were recording their ride, and the video shows a fun day of single-track shredding, but it also has an unexplained highlight. Uh, a creature can be seen stalking in the woods for a few seconds of the film, and it looks too tall to be a man and walks upright like a large dog on its hind legs. I can't, unfortunately, show you guys that video because BeLive, I could, I could show pictures on BeLive, but I can't uh, actually show uh, video, which kind of stinks. Because if you go to our Facebook page and click on the link about the, uh, the werewolf, um, scroll down, it says uh, the werewolf is captured on video. There is, I believe, I don't know, that's just a little snippet. No, they don't have the video on there. 
if I, I'll, I'll try and Google it and I'll post it on our Facebook page for you guys. Um, you know, unfortunately, I can't get into that right now. Uh, shoot. Yeah, can't get into it. But uh, if I could back up, boy, oh boy, this is going so slow. So we'll talk a little bit more about some of the uh, bizarre theories. If I could get this damn thing to stop jumping around. There we go. It says werewolves aren't even the most bizarre theory for the area of sightings. It says Ouija boards, UFOs, werewolves. It seems far-fetched so many supernatural things could be happening in one area. So I just started jumping ahead since you uh, just got up and left there. Are you okay? Yeah, sorry about that. No, it's all right. What, uh, y'all good? Yeah, I had to go to the bathroom. I'm sorry. We don't have Oh, all right. Well, that. usually you would say, uh, I'll be right back. But you just jumped up and ran. I was like, I hope he's okay. But uh, anyways, I talked to them. Uh, I, I was reading about, and I don't want to scroll. God damn it, it goes. Um, we talked about the eyewitness reports. Um, basically, it's very similar to uh, what a lot of the Dogman reports have been, you know, compare in close in comparison to the height of a Bigfoot covered okay. in hair, you know, dogs now, you know, half man, half wolf, typical werewolf, you know, and yeah. uh, they were uh, any kind of if there was any evidence or any reports. Uh, so I guess these two dudes were out riding their mountain bikes and they got uh, a video clip of one. Uh, I can't. I, the clip wasn't in the story. It was just a snippet, like a screenshot, and it was really yeah. bad. But uh, I'm going to see if I can find that video, and I'll post it up on our Facebook page um, after the show, and, and uh, people can check it out and, and whatnot. But uh, I was starting to talk about um, other bizarre happenings that were going on, and it was saying, Ouija boards, UFOs, werewolves, question Let's see. It seems far-fetched. So many supernatural things could be happening in one area. But again, like we were talking about with those ley lines, it's not surprising given the fact that they are known to generate um, unknown or, or unexplicable activity. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least one scientific-minded local agrees that and has a theory to explain the possible werewolves. This paranormal expert, quote, claims the werewolf isn't a werewolf at all. Instead, the creature could be a sub, a subterranean Stone Age throwback, so a relic hominid, if you will. Essentially, this person thinks ancient cavemen could have survived for years in the mines of the area and have remained primitive, failing to evolve with the rest of humanity. What's more, the expert claims that there are more than one of the creatures and that there is actually an entire pack of them Stocking underground, only coming out to eat deer, livestock, and pets. I don't know. I, that sounds even as far-fetched as a werewolf to me. And if my computer will actually work and scroll to the next thing, I'll talk about the black-eyed kids. But what do you think about that with the relic yeah, hominid? I don't... I kind of would believe more in a relic, you know, Stone Age man... Mm-hmm. than I do in some of the, you know, I would believe that quicker than I would believe a werewolf. Yeah, um, but, I mean, it's still a hard pill to swallow. I mean, oh, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, logically, it would make more sense. Yeah, it, it's not like a, 
oh, that makes 100% perfect sense because you would have a group of a, a breeding population mm -hmm. who would just be interbreeding over and over again. Right, right. So eventually they would become so damaged true, you know, genetically true. that it wouldn't be something that you could um, continue the genetic line. So they would have to die out at a certain point. True. And if they, if they are so interbred, I mean, that, that would explain uh, how they're not as easily identified as an actual person, more as a monster. You know what I mean? Because there, yeah. there was a photographer, and God, the, her, the name escapes me. But there was a photographer that was uh, in in the Deep South, in the backwoods areas of the Deep South, that actually photographed a lot of like the, uh, I guess the inbred hillbilly population, for lack of better terms. And I don't mean to offend anybody, but apparently, you know, well, if you take like the, the movie Deliverance, how there's mm -hmm. like the the inbred hillbillies and blah blah blah. Supposedly, there are actual family groups that are so deep in the mountains and and so tight-knit, you know, breeding within the family that they are severely deformed. And I remember actually seeing some of the pictures, and it was it was frightening. I mean, they are very, very hard to look at, you know, for, for to put it, you know, bluntly. Um, and I could see if somebody were just happened upon one of them in, in an area where you usually are used to seeing what we consider a normal person, and you see somebody so severely deformed, I can see how that would be like right away your your brain would just think, oh my God, it's a monster. Well, yeah, I mean, it would, they, like they, this pig man hybrid mm -hmm. and stuff like that, if it genetically, you know, eventually the amount of inbreeding could create something that if you looked at it, the explanation would be a pig-man hybrid. Right, right. Or a, you know, man-wolf hybrid. You know, the the distortion of the genetic structures and stuff like that would cause, you know, bone elongation, narrowing, mm -hmm. the, you know, the different, you know, issues, the, you know, skin, you know, problems and, and, and you know, lack of appendages and stuff like that would be affected right, right. eventually. Because right. uh, some of the people, some uh, some cases of inbreeding uh, have like the, the lobster hand where the, the, uh, the a lot of the, the, the appendages fuse and they just have like, you know, like... like Claws. Yeah, and I mean, if, if it's really bad, it's, it could look like a hoof, like a cloven hoof, so that would yeah. add to the pigman theory and if their face yeah. is, like you said, if the face is that you know obscurely deformed, you, you know, say, "Oh my God, it's a pig man!" But really, it was just a severely inbred individual. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would. It's a lot easier to swallow than there's a genetic experiment that was half of a man with a you know pig uh, man with a pig's head, you know, running through the woods of England. <laughs> That's true. And the last part of this. Uh, it says a black-eyed child hides in the woods of Chanic, or Canic Chase alongside the werewolf. While werewolves, UFOs, pigmen, and theoretical cavemen are frightening enough, 
The area where the creature has been spotted is also home to other supernatural beings. Witnesses have seen a black-eyed child in the same woods the werewolves supposedly lived in. Black-eyed children are a paranormal entity that have been uh, experienced by people all over the world. It makes sense if there were, if there were, it makes sense if there were to be any in England. Panic Chase's woods would be where they'd hide. Uh, ghost hunters flock to the woods to see for themselves. If you have taken audio recordings capturing a girl's voice, the Kennet Chase woods are not a place to go for a pleasant stroll through the trees. And that about wraps up the werewolf story of England. And damn, my computer is so slow right now. I'm trying to see if there's anything else that we have missed. And it's just dragging. But it is odd that uh, so many things uh, would be happening in such a small area. And you think that area, too, I mean, it's in the center of England. It is pretty, pretty populated and and has been for a very, very long time. You know, you think that something like that would have surfaced. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of European folklore, you know, of werewolves and and stuff like that. So, I mean, a lot of those places in Europe have been, you know, some of the cities have been cities for, you know, centuries. Yeah. So to have, you know, certain areas, I mean, it's, it's like America though. You get outside of the major cities, you do have long stretches of, you know, country and, and farms and woods. So, I mean, it's not, a hundred percent impossible. True. Very true. Probable, but that is true. Well, speaking of Europe and, and some of their century old stories, one of the other topics that we want to cover, and I'll let you, I'll let you tackle it is the beast of Gavidon or Javadon or however you want to pronounce it. Yeah. What's the Gavidon? I'm not going to try the French pronunciation. It's basically the uh, Wolf of Chase. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is from, funny since we just talked about that chase. And chase yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, it basically starts out around 1764-ish um, in the mountains of uh, south-central France. Um, there, there was a beast, as they would describe it, you know, the beast of <laughs> well said. <laughs> um, you know, the first attack was in about 1764, then about, you know, within a year, within basically three years, there was 210 attacks. Mm-hmm. There were 113 deaths. 49 people were injured. Um, 98 of the 113 deaths, victims were partially eaten. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the victims were found with their throats torn out, which is a very canine or, or, you know, wild animal type thing to do, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to take out the throat, you know, apes generally take out the face and genitalia. 
to disfigure so it's not a um, a breeding rival where a lot of other animals that are trying to kill something to eat it will take out the throat, you know, choking in its own blood or, you know, right. clamp down on the esophagus and, and just basically choke them out. Uh, the description of this creature, it looked like a wolf, but it was as big as a cow. Hmm. Um, large dog-like head, small straight ears, uh, very wide chest, large mouth with uh, large teeth. And it had a muzzle like a pig, kind of. Not not a pig-dog hybrid, but more of a muzzle that was described more like a pig's. Mm-hmm. Um, claws on the feet were razor sharp. Uh, in color, it was red. Um with the back had like an, a blackish color to it. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things they, uh, you know, attribute to this is an unpleasant odor, which I always mm. think would be unpleasant odor is usually your, you know, Bigfoot calling cards. Right. Right. And, you know, during the first attack, uh, uh, basically some bulls actually drove the beast off. Um, okay. Trying to just clip through my notes here for you know this attack. Uh, well, let's go to seven uh, September twentieth, seventeen sixty five. Uh, a guy had killed in the same area killed a gray wolf of thirty one inches high, five foot seven inches long, and a hundred and thirty pounds. It's a big wolf. Yeah, which they actually at the time had claimed to be the original attacking wolf. Um, The one that's been killing and... Yeah. Now, some of the people that were injured, though, uh, when they were questioned and asked to come look at the carcass, um, they said it wasn't the attacker. Hmm. The scars, you know... Scars and wounds on it were not similar or, you know, some people basically were defending themselves and were hitting it or stabbing it. And the fact that when they were, you know, stabbing it, the stab marks on were not on this wolf that they did shoot. Right, right. <clears throat> and then... um December 2nd of 1769, uh, another beast injured two men, and a dozen more deaths were reported to have been, uh, you know, attacks attributed to this animal. Mm-hmm. Now, there were, you know, massives and stuff like that that were being bred in this area. So one of the theories on this is a you know, breeder had bred the biggest one he could breed and basically put a, uh, I want to say it was like a, a rhino or a boar skin over it. Um, basically because of how thick the boar skin was, this, this wow. beast was actually shot at and the bullets didn't seem to have any effect on it. Well, one of, the, one of the things they think was it was a super thick boar hide mm-hmm. that was placed over it, you know, like kind of draped over it and then, you know, cinched onto it. So when the bullets hit it, it didn't penetrate the hide. So the the wolf or the dog was not injured 
itself. And you kind of think about it, it's kind of the Hounds of the Baskerville type thing. Yeah, yeah. That's you know. pretty crazy. Yeah, because they did say that, you know, like, and, and you you said that the, the creature was was huge, uh, much larger than, than any known wolf, like the size of a cow and all that stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, you figure you get a mastiff and you mix it with, you know, a wolf and stuff, and you breed it to be this large, menacing creature, and then you throw a hide on it and everything, and so you you changed it. So you, you take the mastiff and the wolf hybrid; it's all you know, obviously going to look different, but somewhat similar. Then you throw that you know protective layer on it; it's going to look extremely different. And the fact that it's so overpowering and was able to take, you know, it attacked men, it attacked women, it attacked children, it attacked so many different people that you think at some point someone would have been able to fend it off properly and dispose of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and Mastiffs, especially back then, and like in, 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 uh, in different, they were, Mastiffs were bred to be war dogs and to be these powerful, you know, menacing creatures that just, mm-hmm. you know, were blood crazed, you know? Yeah. So it, it it would make sense that 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 would be uh, what it, what it could be. Yeah. Um, no, one of the other theories was it was a uh, hyena. Okay, I was just going to go into that. I was going to say I don't know if you're going to talk about it or not, but I, I thought you know one of the things was a uh, was a hyena. Yeah. Now, one of the problems with it being a hyena is the bite marks attributed to the beast had forty two teeth. Uh huh. Hyena only have thirty four. So you have eight teeth on the count of four. Now that's that's not to say that a hyena couldn't have forty-two teeth, right? You know, do you know some kind of breeding issue or something like that, or just an over? Yeah, you know, look at those people that you know have like a second and third set of teeth packed into their gum lines and stuff like that. So if the mouth's big enough, the teeth will drop into place. Right. So it could actually, you know, be a hyena. Uh, They had brought up like Asian hyenas and stuff like that, which would not have been necessarily a known creature to the common folk of that area. You know, royalty and stuff like that would understand or maybe know a hyena. But your average, you know, country dwelling, you know, people would not have, you know, would have never seen a hyena, wouldn't know what a hyena is. So what is it? It's a big wolf. Right. It, exactly. you know, it looks, it's not a dog. It kind of looks like one, but it's not, but it's not a, you know, this or that. It, it, it's really, well, they're, they're going to try to compare it to and classify to what, what they know and yeah. what they're familiar with, you know, oh, God, my back. Ugh. Well, and, and plus two back then, the, uh, Exotic animals were more freely uh, spread throughout different areas. You know, they were captured and taken all over the place where mm-hmm. now there's more restrictions and, and limitations on that. But back then, I mean, you could have gotten anything you wanted. And like you said, if you, the royalty were able to afford it and say they didn't want it anymore, they just threw it out, you yeah. know. Or they released it, you know, uh, one of the things was, you know, the royals like to hunt. Uh-huh. You know, so you release a big wild, you know, animal that you're you're planning on hunting on your estate or something like that, and all of a sudden the thing gets 
you know, free of that area. Mm-hmm. Now it's terrorizing the countryside. So it's something that, you know, could have been brought, you know, to the country on purpose. <coughs> right. You know, for hunting purpose or something like that, it gets loose, you know, you know, political unrest. You're not exactly the favorite of the family right then and there. So you don't admit to it getting loose. Now you have right. this beast of chase, you know, tormenting the countryside. And um, if people want to, you know, a little more information about it, if you go back to uh, back in 2009 for Halloween, they did the, um, the real wolf man on history channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they actually discuss this, you know, creature and stuff on that episode or, well, that show. So there's some more stuff you could definitely learn about that. And didn't they Didn't they have an episode of uh, uh, Monster Quest? Wasn't there a Monster Quest episode of that? So I remember specifically watching a special on, on the Beast of Gavadon. And I remember it was two guys that were out there and they were like, I think one was a zoologist and one was like a, some kind of a criminal investigator and they were trying to recreate. Now, granted, it was centuries ago, but they were trying to recreate some of the stuff and figure out what it could have been because there's this big statue erected in, in the village uh, commemorating the, the attacks and stuff like that. Yeah, I kind of, now that you say it, I kind of do remember something along that lines. It may have been like, you know, Monster Quest or something, but I do kind of remember a show that kind of followed that line or thinking yeah, with yeah. The, the attack. You know, I mean, Paris is really, or France is really kind of famous for a lot of their wolf stories. That, so, yeah. I mean, 1450... Where are most of the wolves hunted to extinction there? I don't, I don't, I don't even think France has any native wolves anymore, do they? Uh, not that I, not that I know of, but I'm not, you know, one hundred percent sure on that. Yeah, you, you didn't dig that far back into research. <laughs> yeah, I didn't look up. I mean, wolves are pretty much they were, you know, hunted and stuff like that, and pretty much yeah, almost obliterated everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, that's true. But I know uh, some reports of that Beast of Gavadon was uh, they were thinking because of its unusual size and shape and all that. I know that there was talks of lycanthropy and stuff like that in the mm-hmm. area. And uh, supposedly they they thought it was. Um, oh God, I remember uh, seeing a, it was some dude who was taking like mushrooms or something to try and channel or psychedelic yeah. herbs to try and channel like the wolf and they were, they, they were thinking that it was uh, a man like that would take wolf form because they, they ruled out a man after they saw the devastation and, and the carnage that the beast had done to, you know, the, it's, it's victims and they knew it couldn't have been done by a man. So mm-hmm. they thought maybe he was actually transforming, but it was ruled out later. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times, if you can't explain it back then, you blame magic and witchcraft and <laughs> werewolves. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, in the notes, I mean, it, it kind of segues in where, 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 you know, werewolf is a widespread concept in European folklore, you know, existing in many variants. 
and the claims of lycanthropy had uh, it was a big deal during the witchcraft Persian, and we talked about that yeah. uh, in our All Hallows Eve show during the 15th through the 18th century. Uh, so it's not it's not uh, it's not surprising that there's still a lot of uh, reports and stories of werewolves and whatnot in the uh, European areas, but leaving Europe and coming back, I guess, to the main, to, to the mainland, to uh, the United States, um, there are a lot of, uh, I guess I, they call it dogman. I, I would, I would say werewolf, but you know, there's this dogman, I like the dogman of Michigan and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Cleo. Cleo says uh, I don't believe the human body could go through the transformation. It, it it is it is a hard pill to swallow that somebody could they're like a skinwalker or something like that or a werewolf or a person who is inflicted with this uh, disease, if you will, or, or or whatever you want to call it, this curse uh, that their body would physically change to and from a different shape. I find that hard to believe as well. Um, but then, like I was saying, we're going into this dogman topic now uh, where in the United States there's people that uh, say they see um, what they call a dogman is half man, half dog, or half wolf, half man. I mean, I, I would just call it a werewolf. I don't know, you know why it's called otherwise. but Well, I kind of um, like to think of the werewolf as the classic um... – you know, universal monster werewolf, not the howling movie werewolf where it goes through a transformation. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think of more of the hairy, you know, covered facial hair, hairy hands, sharp nails, you know. Like Michael J. Fox and Teen Wolf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that, you know. <laughs> more of that type of, you know, when I think of werewolf, I mean – you know, a lot of the, the werewolf, you know, changes in the 80s, you know, with the, you know, transformation of yeah, the werewolf. Skull, to, skull changes, you know, the, yeah. the snap teeth. Yeah, that's that's really hard to, to comprehend, being yeah. that that bone doesn't change like that. You know, it doesn't yeah. – there's no – elasticity or anything in, in, in yeah. bone to so and, and I, I don't know that, how that would work. The fact that your muscles in you know your face and and your joints and stuff like that, the way they're connected you, you would have no connections because they would rip to yeah. go to you know the jaw and stuff like that would be you know basically useless because the the way they're connected wouldn't hold or support the opening and closing of an elongated snouted jaw. Right. Right. I don't know. I think uh, as far as like when you're going into the dogman theory and stuff like that, like a lot of people uh, compare Bigfoot to, or the dogman to Bigfoot and vice versa. Mm -hmm. It, it, it kind of makes me think, you know, I would, I, my, my opinion with the dogman would probably be a, uh, misidentification of 
a, a bear walking, you know, like on his hind legs. Uh, that to me would, would, would serve more of a, because I mean, a bear and a canine have similar fe- features in the face. You know, like mm-hmm. the elongated snout, the, the the teeth, the ears. Even you know, I could see maybe. All right, well, somebody saw a bear, maybe because there was that bear in New Jersey that was injured, and it literally learned how to stand upright and walk on its hind legs. It very yeah. seldom went down on all four, and it would walk around and through neighborhoods completely erect. You know, so I who's just yeah. Who's to say that, uh, you know, another bear didn't, you know, go through a similar situation and, you know, just in an attempt to survive, it walks on its hind legs and, you know, people get a passing glimpse of that. And they're, oh, my God, it was up. It, it was like a Bigfoot, but but it had a face of a wolf. It was like a dog man. Yeah. I could see that being more of the uh, misidentification. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Michigan dog man. Sure. Um, now the first reported sighting mm-hmm. are um, 1887 when two lumberjacks sighted a man with a dog-like head. A man with a dog-like head. Yeah, and this is in Wexford County, Michigan. Um, so a man with a dog-like head. It's kind of, it's 1887, you know, prosthetics and stuff like that aren't going to give you a, you know, you're not going to buy a Halloween costume that looks like a werewolf head or a wolf head and go tromping around in the woods. Um, Now... That's the earliest reported sighting. There isn't a lot of, you know, stories that fall between then and around 1938 in Parrish, or um, not Parrish, Paris, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a man who was attacked by five wild dogs. Okay. Uh, he said the only problem was he was attacked by five wild dogs. One of them walked on two legs upright. Hmm. Now, not all five, just one in that group walked upright on two legs. But it still had a dog body or did it have a man body? Did it say? He described it as a dog. Hmm. More dog-like, but bigger. Like a bigger, like wolf-size animal. Yeah. But it walked on two legs. Hmm. So that would almost be more manlike, you know, to walk on two legs, but it was with four normal dogs. Yeah. So it was a pack. And they were dogs, not wolves. They were it was a wild dog attack. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah, Cleo says that the dog like people go way back. Yeah, I know there's there's reports all over with you know and, and again, is it is it uh is it werewolf linked or, you know, these stories are they, are they, is it werewolf or is it something else? That's why with the dog man, I, I can't figure that out. I mean, dog man to me, I, I would say is more, uh, uh, on the native American lines of the shapeshifter skinwalker kind of thing where it, it is more, 
how do I how do I explain it? Where the werewolf is more to me uh, when when you talk about actual werewolf reports is more along the Hollywood lines, where it's more of a canine beast, and then the only correlation to, to human like you have the dog head, the dog tail covered in fur, you know. Uh, the, the the hind legs they they walk bipedally, but the hind legs are are misshapen. But yet they still have like human hands, you know, with dexterous and, and posable, you know, fingers and whatnot. So that's the only kind of link to you know what I mean. Whereas the dog man is more, I don't know, not not so not so menacing, but yet then again, there was reports of the dog man where, you know, it was seen running on all fours. Like it would run bipedally when it, you know, it was walking along, somebody saw it, then it would take off running bipedally, then it would drop down all fours and it gained speed. Uh, so, you know what I mean? That again would still kind of fit the werewolf bill. So I, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know. And I wish I knew, I wish I could get in touch with somebody who was more knowledgeable on this that could shed some more light on it, but I couldn't. I couldn't find anybody to bring onto the show to 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 interview. But uh, everything I read, uh, they have a biblical history. What kind of can you can you look that up and send us some info on it, Cleo? That'd be that'd be interesting to to learn more about. Um, well, I mean, even Bigfoot supposedly has biblical ties ties about you know giant hairy wild people you know of the forest and whatnot and, and some people even say that the story of david goliath and goliath if goliath was uh, a bigfoot and whatnot so every every there's there's stories about everything everywhere and i think that's why they they continue to fascinate is because they're interesting but uh like i said with the dog man a lot of people uh relate that to bigfoot in many ways and uh Again, I would say that the misidentification of the dogman would probably be uh, a bear standing up, because if you think about the Bigfoot and the dogman, the similarities range in height and the fact that they're covered in hair, but it ends there because the dogman has a tail and a dog head. The Bigfoot is more of a flat face, primate, no tail, more human shaped, you know, the conical domed head or pointed head. Uh, I, I'm not seeing, you know what I mean, where where it could be mistaken for a Bigfoot. Well, now, in 1961, there was a night watchman who actually got a photo of the dogman. Uh-huh. He thought it was a man until he saw that the cre- that it had a wolf-like head to the creature. Mm-hmm. Now he was like he was legitimately going to shoot it until he realized he had a camera with him and took the picture. The picture mm-hmm. has never been analyzed that I know of. And of course it's an old 1960s photo, so it's not the greatest quality. Mm-hmm. Um so I think one of the things is a lot of times it is that the bodies are more muscular looking than mm-hmm. bears. <clears throat> you know, in a lot of the reports and sightings, they generally have a more muscular frame. 
than a bear usually demonstrates. Um, you know, tails and stuff like that, you know, they're usually, you know, a lot of them are black in color, you know, and of course it's black in color with a big wolf-like head. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, it's hard to say if, you know, people are mistaking a bear, but you would think, I mean, like two lumberjacks to me probably have seen bears in the woods. Hmm. You know, somebody getting attacked by dogs, that's not the most reliable testimony. Right, you know, right. You're defending yourself, you're protecting yourself as these dogs attack you. You know, it's on two legs. Like what, it, it jumped up on two legs and ran away? It, you know... Yeah, I, and I, I wish there was always more to these stories, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you well, get these snippets and, yeah, and you want more. Here's the thing, like, could somebody have trained, you know, I trained dogs at one point in my life. Yeah. Could I have trained five, four of them to attack you and me to run in there with them and have, you know, <clears throat> long hair, my beard, and, you know, dark colored clothing on or a fur. And mm-hmm. I start attacking you along with them. And then I call them off and we take off running. Yeah. And one of them ran on his hind legs. Well, yeah, because it was a six foot two inch man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I would assume that if this story, if, if it were like that, I mean, obviously, height and mass and everything, you're a lot larger than a dog. I mean, I think that would have been depicted in the story, whereas one of them was, you know, a large, uh, in comparison with a human, you know, rather than just, you know, there were five, four of them were normal, and one of them was on two legs. So I I don't, I don't know. Now, there was an old story from a, a guy. Now, he took years to report this, but it happened in like 1938. And mm-hmm. he was down by the river fishing. Right. When he saw a, for lack of better terms, a, 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 a dog man standing on two legs. He, he basically described it as a wolf standing on two legs. And he said it had blue eyes. And he, he said, you know, in, in his fright, he may have been mistaken. But he thought it was smiling at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and he basically yelled and threw rocks, and it took off running away from him. Now he said it ran off on two legs. Mm-hmm. Now you do have the Cheyenne Indian legend and you know whatnot of the the Cheyenne Dogman soldiers. Yeah, yeah. Who were who were basically you know just trying to harness the their inner spirit animal, the wolf and stuff like that. And some of them were said to be shape shifting, have the shape shifting ability. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, they had achieved this, you know, a stage of enlightenment where they could turn into wolves and use the wolf's power and speed when they attacked. Um, but the, the legend is most of them were killed, but or 
the legend is they were all killed by the army. And then there's a secondary part of that legend that no, a few of them escaped in a small pack now and live as wolves in the woods. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's got some Native American folklore. And the weird thing is there's no known deaths related to the Michigan Dogman. Right. That's one of the things I was going to talk about, too, is, is uh, there's no reports of anyone being killed or I don't even think there's any attacks. It was mostly just sightings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 2009, there was one that like ran out in front of a car like 50 feet away. Yeah. And the yeah. person thought it was like a mutant wolf. Uh, they just thought it was larger. It was, you know, some kind of mutant. They said the only thing weird was the front end of it was much higher than the back end. Hmm. When it was running. Does that would require really long forelimbs. Yeah. And that almost, to me, sounds hyena-like. Yeah. Well, even if you think of German shepherds. <clears throat> yeah, they have a slope back. Well, not all of them. They're, the German line does. Um, it's actually the Czech line that has the slope. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. The standard German Shepherd is longer. The The German version of it is longer and tall, where hmm. the Czech and the uh, Soviet, um, former Soviet Union countries, bred them uh, more barrel-like, bigger chest, sloped back ends. Hmm. Um. Uh, my dog Teddy was a Czech shepherd, and if you ever noticed, he was he so had, cool. Yeah. yeah, he had the sloped back end, and that's part yeah. of the, the breeding that they did. So, I mean, it's not impossible for dogs to be, or or wolves even, to be bred with the features of the higher, thicker chest and the the more sloped back end. So, when they run, right. of course, the front, the upper part of the body is going to be higher. It, it's on longer limbs. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the Dogman stories, um, at least the ones in Michigan, I don't see, I don't see enough evidence or a, enough sightings to really build a, you know, composite of what they're seeing or what they think they're seeing there. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you also do, I mean, in Wisconsin, you have the beast of Bray road. Yes. Which I want to throw a little prop out there. Not that we're any kind of affiliation to them, but there's a, a production group, uh, small town monsters that have been uh, making a lot of documentaries lately and uh, they're really good. So if anybody, uh, gets a chance to check them out. I I, I strongly recommend. Um, I know they do the they have the Minerva monster. They have some they have different kind of Bigfoot monsters. And I think didn't they do that uh, that new one Invasion Invasions or something like that? It's based off of the uh, Kexburg or Kexville PA with the Bigfoot UFO connection. I didn't see that one. I know they did one, I think, on the Mothman. I remember seeing it. Yeah. Which was really good. I mean, they got some new, um, basically new old testimony and stuff like that. And some people mm -hmm. who had more modern Mothman sightings or had family members who had relayed stories 
that yeah. weren't necessarily as covered in the, you know, John Keel book or Jeff Wamsley's book. Yeah. There were some of those newer kind of stories that were family stories that were finally being shared now that people had passed away and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're pretty cool. So if you, if you get a chance, I think Beast of Bray Road is one of the new ones that they're trying to, do a Kickstarter for. So yeah. when it comes out, go check it out. It's really cool. Oh, and I, sorry, Kendall, I see you, you posted something there. What about in the Egyptian times, they have something posted on their walls, hieroglyphics. Uh, yeah. And I think you're talking about Anubis. He was, I believe the Egyptian God of the afterlife. And he was popular with the uh, mummification and uh, he had the uh, he was either depicted as a canine or a human with a canine head. And I think it was either a jackal head or, or actually, no, it was the pharaoh hound, which I think is, is a, it's actually a, a modern breed. But it's an, it's an ancient breed, but there's still pharaoh hounds today. And if you look at a pharaoh hound, it looks very close to the uh, depictions of Anubis of his head. So that's that's a good point that you brought up, though. I mean, all throughout history and the Bible and other religions and stuff, they always have some sort of a half human, half animal uh, being or God or yeah. something. And so one that, of the, that's one what of you're the, talking about. One of the uh, saints um, have, have a story. Uh, I can't remember what saint it is. Is it St. Christopher? Patron saint of travelers? Who had a story about werewolf, wolf, men... Basically, they were this super violent group who had the heads of wolves and, and similar to a body of man but covered with hair. And they were known to be these vicious warriors and uh, would even turn to cannibalism when victims weren't available. I never heard of that one. Yeah, I want to say it was St. Christopher for some reason. I, I know St. Francis is the patron saint of animals, isn't he? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying maybe it was him. I, I, I'm not good with my Catholic saints. Yeah, neither am I. It's been too long. But anywho, uh, yeah, so there, there are so many things out there, werewolf, dogman related and whatnot. And I, I'd like to have another show uh, solely dedicated to the dog man and, and maybe we could get somebody, maybe we could find an author, uh, somebody who's very, very more uh, educated about the topic. Cause uh, I mean, I know some stories, but I don't know all the stories. I just know the basic breakdown of the descriptions and, and some of the States that the stories come from, but uh, we'll have somebody on in another show and we could talk to them and see what's going on. We're going to have Ken Gerhardt on the show uh, soon, so we're, we're, we'll have him talking about some cryptids and, uh, you know, but I'd like to get somebody on. If anybody out there knows anybody who specializes in Dogman, let us know. We'd like to have them on the show. So get in touch with us, either through Facebook or from our website or something like that, and let us know who we could talk to. If you have any contact information, that'd be great. Um, but uh, we're talking about Beast of Bray Road. Let's get on to that. Oh, I actually just looked up while you were talking. It was St. Christopher. Who, uh, okay, so you're right. Yeah. 
the legend uh, told of a legend of dog-headed men who converted to Christianity, leaving behind their animal nature, gaining speech, and seeking to convert others. Hmm. I, I was thinking it was St. Christopher, but I wasn't even... And, and the, the thing of it was, is even Marco Polo talked about these people at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like the Beast of Bray Road. Uh, first uh, before reporter, you go into that, I just want to... Darlene had uh, uh, posted a comment that some Native Americans believe in shapeshifters, man to wolf. That's true. We did talk about that a little bit earlier, and we did talk about that in our, one of our previous shows. They're they're big on the shapeshifters and the skinwalkers, especially in the south southwest in the desert areas. They're big with the shapeshifters, and that was actually on one of the uh, Ghost Adventures more recent episodes. Actually, that's the one we saw when I was down at your house, Chad. Yeah, with the uh, shapeshifters. That was a really good episode. So if anybody mm-hmm. is interested, check that out. It was it was a, it was a good one. But anyways, yeah. Beast of Bray Road, and thanks, Darlene, so, for for writing in. Go ahead. Sorry. The, First report was, you know, the first known report. Now, this is not saying that there isn't, you know, legend or local folklore that dates back prior to this, but it was, you know, from about 1936, and it happened on a gravel road, a rural road outside of Elkhorn, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. giving it the name the Beast of Bray Road. Um, now, there was a rash of sightings in the 80s and 90s. Uh, which actually led the local newspaper to assign a reporter to cover the stories. Her name was Linda Godfrey. And she ended up compiling all her news stories into a book called The Beast of Bray Road, uh, tailing the Wisconsin werewolf. I mean, so she even, you know, went with the werewolf end of it more than, you know. It Dog man, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's basically described as being two to four foot tall when it's down on all fours, seven foot tall when standing up, weighing between four and 700 pounds, uh, hairy, biped, similar to Bigfoot, fur is brown to a gray color. Um, you know, so you basically go from 1936 to the 1980s, 1990s without any you know, significant, you know, reports, but that doesn't, Mm -hmm. and again, significant reports doesn't mean it's not happening. It just means it's not making the newspaper or the radio news and it's not being picked up or something like that. It could be happening. You know, people could have been seeing it from 36 to 1980, but maybe they didn't talk about it or maybe they just shared it with their friends or shared it at the local pub. Right. Nobody, right. You know, nobody at the newspaper wrote an article, mm-hmm. you know, so, and, and you know how people are. I mean, you see something, you can't explain it. You don't want to run and tell everybody that you're, you know, seeing a werewolf like creature running through the woods by your farm or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, and there's, there's some, you know, the skeptic view on it is, you know, it's a wild dog. It's, you know, some kind of wolf-dog hybrid or koi dog. Um, there's actually a giant prehistoric wolf. The uh, a dire wolf? Not a dire wolf. Close. Uh-huh. Um, a wall, wallahila. 
it's more of a Canadian um, breed of wolf in the in the northern parts of Canada and stuff like that. It was known to have hailed from. Mm-hmm. It's similar to the Armuk that the Inuits talk about. Mm-hmm. It was just you know a, a large you know prehistoric wolf. It's it's nothing that you know it's not a wolf man or anything like that it's just a large you know prehistoric wolf that could be a relic population of them living you know moving south over the years and and avoiding a lot of human contact or the humans that are seeing them aren't seeing them you know they're just thinking they're big dogs or you know wolves running in that area they don't really think of the size necessarily right away Mm -hmm. so you know, the the Beast of Bray Road, it, it kind of got popular there for a while. There was a lot of, you know, television, you know, monster quest and things like that always kind of gravitate to these creatures. That's true, yeah. I mean, a lot of these uh, stories gained a lot of popularity. And, and just a, a quick... Uh, I, I, I found some sightings on that, and I apologize if I'm repeating anything, but uh, let's see. It says in 1964, the beast was apparently spotted near the same burial ground or a burial ground. Uh, and in 1972, a woman reported it outside of her house. On this occasion, she was petrified of it, trying to get into her home and harming her family. October 31st, 1989, Doris Gibson was traveling down Bray Road when she heard something slam into the side of her car. She pulled over and got out to examine the damage of her car. The car seemed in decent enough condition, so she had a little walk around to see if she could locate a dead animal. She noticed a large animal about 50 feet away from her location, making a mad dash for her. She quickly jumped back into the car and sped off into the distance. Uh, She didn't get far before the strange creature somehow landed on the back end of her vehicle but fell off due to the speed. When she arrived home, she quickly called the upon one of her neighbors to tell them what had happened. They both examined the car and found large gashes to the bodywork around the trunk area. So that's kind of interesting. Now, wasn't that the one they actually covered on Monster Quest? I'm pretty sure it was one like that. Yeah. Because uh, it says, uh, Dorstein Gibson's encounter seemed to spark off a tidal wave of sightings, and a few weeks later, 24, 24-year-old Lorraine Andrezi reported an incident. She was also driving down Bray Road when she noticed a strange animal crouching at the side of the road. She slowed down to get a closer look and was horrified by what she saw. The beast was covered in brownish-gray hair and had long fangs protruding from its mouth. Its head looked like a wolf's head with large pointed ears sticking out of the side of, out of the side of it. She also claimed that it was extremely well built with a heavy with a heavy muscle tone. She sped off back home as fast as she could and explained the incident to her mother. A few, day, a few days later, the pair of them had contacted uh, Linda Godfrey, who she's written quite, quite a few really decent books. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can look into that. Um, a reporter who became very involved in the legend over the next few years. Godfrey would end up interviewing numerous witnesses to the beast. Hey, well, maybe we could get Linda on this show now that I think about it. I was just saying to find somebody. Um, she, uh, da, 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 da. she she interviewed the witnesses and eventually published her findings on December 29th, 1991. 
She then followed this up by publishing several books on the subject of the beast. Uh, so that's just some tidbits. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot about the Beast of Bray Road, and again, it all it all comes down to the werewolf thing. You know, mm -hmm. is, is it where you know is it is the werewolf curse? Is it like you know, like you see in the old movies with the gypsies talking about uh, you know, some kind of curse under the full moon and yada yada yada, or or is this some kind of a creature all its own that that's just been eluding um, people for you know, all these different, you know, all these many years. And it's, again, it kind of goes back to even with the whole Bigfoot thing. People see it, people see it, people see it, but yet we can't, we, we can't find it. We can't capture it. We can't, you know, I guess classify it, if you will. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a tough sell, but yeah. it all makes for really great stories, great books and great movies. So, you know, legends are always, always going on and always happening and I don't know if this is fact or if this is legend itself. I don't know. Okay. Well, now you do have um, kind of jumping out of the United States but like um, in Brazil and Cileando uh, Monto de Grossa <laughs> the um, police actually released a well, it wasn't the police. It was a, a city official released a police video on their closed-circuit TV cameras of a large, upright, walking, wolf-like creature. Mm -hmm. Now, the film has been analyzed by experts, and it was found to be authentic, that it wasn't doctored in any way. Um. Now, one of the things is, this is one of the times where you have a piece of video footage of this mm -hmm. creature, but there's been over a dozen murders attributed to it, plus mm -hmm. not, not including animal attacks, but a dozen murders attributed to it. I think it goes by the, the locals call it Pingo. Mm -hmm. It's a... Uh, Eight foot tall, brown hair, muscular body. Now, one of the things they say about it is it has this terrifying shriek Ooh. that can be heard. Wait for it. Wait for it. During the full moon. No. Or when. After an attack. Ooh. Um. Now, Brazil does have a Bigfoot legend. They do have a uh, Loboisma, I think is how they say it, which is a Brazilian werewolf. Now, the problem with the Brazilian werewolf is it is only reported to be two foot tall. It's a pygmy <laughs> werewolf. Huh. It's, it's a, weird, a weird chihuahua. Yeah. Um, and basically what they describe that as is a furry monkey with a bald head with a, a large evil face, full feet, 
that look like similar to furry slippers. Uh-huh. Uh, but it mainly attacks women. Oh. Yeah, so it's a sexist little evil monkey. <laughs> yeah, right. Hmm. But, so, now this one that they have the video of is eight foot tall. It does have the weird, almost backward bent knees when you see yeah, it yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. So... I mean, that's, you know, a different country. Now, again, Brazil has the second largest immigrant population next to America. So there's a lot of European, you know, transfer, you know, German, Austrian, English, Portuguese, uh, Spanish. So you have a lot of the folklore may have transferred, you know, through the immigration of people. Right, right. But... Yeah, so there there are other countries that are experiencing similar, you know, dogman or werewolf sightings, you know, and, and different stories, you know, and legends that go along with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, you know, the whole full moon stuff like that. I don't know if that really plays into it. Yeah. You know, if there is a a large wolf-like creature that can maneuver on two legs successfully, I don't think it needs a full moon to be, you know, out hunting. Full moons help because it gives you better, you know, vision. Visibility, yeah. Yeah. But, so I, I don't know. I don't know where I go with this one. I would. I think it's it, it, it just has to be chalked up with all the others. I mean, there's stories, but until something is caught and found and you know bagged and tagged, there's stories. Yeah. What what could it be? I, who knows? You know. Yeah, I mean, it could just be, you know, misidentified known creature. Yeah. Now, the one that they have on that, you know, security footage, the police footage, doesn't look like anything I've ever seen before. Right. Except for in werewolf movies. Do you you have a a link to that video? Uh, Would you be able to put it in the comments so that way people can check it out? Yeah, I can grab it real quick. Find that? Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, you know, look at the Chupacabra, too. I mean... Originally, when the Chupacabra started coming out with, you know, with its initial reports, it was, you know, this tiny little creature with like a like an alien face, sharp fangs, uh, scaly skin, you know, clawed clawed hands, uh, spikes going down its back, kangaroo like legs, uh, two or three feet tall. It was like a like basically like an alien vampire. And now, when you, you hear about the chupacabra, it's like a freaking dog with mange. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, it, like, everything changes. Like, what was once supposedly what I would consider more truly cryptid creature, which was supposedly what was originally thought it was supposed to be some kind of a South American government <laughs> experiment that got that, that that went wrong and escaped, and it started moving north and all this stuff. Uh, I don't know, and then now it's a now it's a mangy dog, or or yeah. 
a wolf coyote hybrid that somehow the uh, there was a some kind of a kink in the DNA where it it uh, some some something in the the breeding process with the with those two breeds or those two species created it or, or prevented it from growing hair. I guess is what I'm trying mm -hmm. to get at. So I don't know. It just it makes me scratch my head. What does Cleo say here? There's an ex-Satanist who is now a Jewish priest that says werewolves are real and can be summoned. I can't remember his name. I'm not much help tonight. Oh, it's still an interesting story. And I'll still, I mean, that's something we can look into. An yeah. ex-Satanist who became a Jewish priest. And that's a story all its own, you know what I mean? He may just be an interesting guy to talk to. <laughs> How about it? Yeah. Well, you know, I used to sacrifice people, and then, you know, I just became a Jew. I don't know. But and where will and, and but it's funny though that, that she says that though, because I, I've read a lot of stories too where werewolves, skinwalkers, uh mm -hmm. shapeshifters, they're 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 summoned to do the evil bidding of you know the person summoning it, and usually okay. uh, it's a uh, a shaman or uh, I guess they so, called her like a kind of like a witch doctor that would kind of summon them and have them perform. And the, the Lugaru down in Louisiana is kind of the same thing, where it's a creature that's summoned. It, it possesses a person's soul or whatever, and nah. they turn into this monster and go out and do heinous things, and then. The curse is passed on to somebody else after they die or whatever, or are released of their their curse. So, again, it it just it falls back onto their great stories, but you just you need that concrete evidence. Yep. Well, do you have anything else you want to talk about, or no? I think we covered all of our topics. Uh, okay. I think I think for tonight we could wrap it up. Uh, like like we said before, everybody, uh, we're hoping to have Ken Gerhardt on the show. Uh, a lot of you might know him from uh, Monster Quest, some uh, Finding Bigfoot, I believe he was on. Uh, he's written a lot of books about winged hominids, and he's a he's a cryptozoologist himself. And I believe he and Lyle Blackburn are going to be uh, uh, having a new show. Yeah, they're doing something together. I don't I. I they're tight-lipped about it, and I wish I knew what it was, but they, they had put out a uh, little teaser video of their upcoming show. Yeah, and yeah. it's on our Facebook page. Mm. You can check it out. I, I can't wait for that to come out. I, I, I like those guys. I think it's going to be a great show. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're hopefully going to have him uh, probably next month. Um, in the meantime, anything you guys want to hear us talk about, any topics, Feel free to get in touch with us. Like I said, like I always say, you could go to our website, www.explorersgroup.com. I'll bring that up here really quick since we have it. Explorersgroup.com. You can check us out on our website. Uh, you can contact us through our website as well. You could also go to Twitter. Our handle there is at Explorers Group. And on Facebook, where you're seeing us right now, facebook.com backspace slash explorers you can find us there pm us whatever you know get in touch you know like i said if there's something you want us to talk about send it in we'll we'll make a show out of it and uh we'll take it from there and side note 
Uh, aside from the show, yes, you know, the show is very important to us. We, 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 we love coming on here. We're not looking to get famous or anything like that. We just like talking about shit that we like. That's all that show is. And on top of the show, or I, yeah, definitely on top of the show, first and foremost, we are investigators. We have been since the 90s, since we yep. were, you know, teens. And, you know, we still do it. We've helped people. We've, you know, investigated residential uh, hauntings. We've invested. I, I, and I'm, I'm part of other groups as well, uh, like the Keystone Bigfoot Project, formerly known as the uh, Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society. Uh, I have a, another group that Chad and I have, the Sasquatch ATV Research Team. Uh, we get reports all the time. We're always following up on stuff. I just got a report in now uh, from a, a person in Pennsylvania that had uh, what they believe to be a Bigfoot encounter, and I'm working with them now. So Anybody out there, you have anything, please feel free to drop us a line, send us some pictures. If we could, you know, help kind of validate whether, you know, whether we just say, oh, well, you know, this looks like, you know, a known species. It looks like this. It could be this. I think you're, you know, any anything to help give you a little bit of closure or whatever. We're here to help. If you know anybody that has any kind of paranormal experiences or, or whatever, you let us know. We're here to help. We're here to, you know. Find the truth or seek the truth, as we say in our, our group here. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's about it. Uh, I don't have anything else to say, surprisingly, other yeah. than Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah. Happy New Year, Chad. Thank you, as always, for being you know by my side, as you have been for many, <laughs> many years. Silver bullet. Uh, so, yeah, good night, everybody. Chad, take it away, bud. Well, good night, folks. Thank you for coming along on this journey. Like Les said, you you know the ways to get in contact with us. You know, share us with some friends if you'd like. If you like what you're seeing, you know, greatly appreciate it. Uh, you know, have a good new you know beginning to your new year. Stay safe. We'll talk to you guys next week. Yes, that's right. Next week, we don't know what our show topic's going to be yet, but we'll let you guys know throughout the week. Yep. Uh, so yeah, good night, everybody, and happy new year. And thanks, thanks for watching.